Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. I'm Dave Hendon. It's episode 200. Who thought we'd all live so long? Uh, a lot of people will be saying, well, it feels like there's been a lot more. But anyway, here we are. A special occasion. Um, of course, we're right in the thick of the World Championship. The qualifiers continuing crucible with us on Saturday. Uh, listen, I always wanted to get to 200 episodes, and I have done, so there we are, don't expect the MBE, but anyway, it is a special episode because we get a lot of emails about TV snooker, and almost all of them are about the pundits, rating the pundits, the commentators, the studio analysts, but the truth is there's a big team of people behind the scenes who bring these programmes to the screen, and quite rightly, the public are not aware necessarily of their names or what they do, but I thought this week we would try and find out, so I've spoken... To, I was at the Tour Championship, I've spoken to five members of the ITV Sport production team just to find out what they do. Uh, Neil Cox, the executive producer, Sally Blower, production manager, Duncan Richmond, one of the camera operators, Lewis Hurt, director, and Martin Reardon, VT coordinator. They're going to tell us, in their own words, exactly what their roles are and how they bring the snooker to your screens. This is ITV, but uh, there are similar roles in all the different broadcasters, um, uh, these guys work hard, believe me, they work hard all day long. The snooker in particular is long hours. It doesn't just start when, you know, the first player breaks off. It starts many months before then. A lot of work goes into bringing these pictures to you. And there's no doubt the bar between the broadcasters has been raised, you know, in, in the last few years in terms of the quality of the coverage that is brought to you. So uh, hopefully you will find this interesting. I'll be back at the end to uh, give a few thoughts as well. And the next thing you're going to hear, I just recorded a very brief uh, snatch of basically what Jill Douglas, the presenter, would hear in her ear at the start of the final of the Tour Championship. So it's just a little bit about director Lewis Hurt uh, directing the programme. It's obviously something you wouldn't normally hear. It's just a little glimpse of sort of how it all works uh, behind the scenes. Uh, so settle back. I hope you enjoy, as I say, the next half hour as we find out how television snooker works. A one four seven attempt from Neil Robertson broke down on the final blue, just one of five centuries in a session that swapped Jill's name and then the other. Crucially for John Higgins, he won the final frame of the afternoon, giving him a two frame advantage heading into tonight. 
It means after eight frames, John Higgins is halfway to victory as he leads Neil Robertson by five frames. Tonight, a possible 11 studio chat there. And after the quality of the show this afternoon, no one's running out this one going all the way. Q Jewel. And got through. Name. Who's the graphic? Name Stephen. Um, I thought the first frame was huge uh, this afternoon. Um, it was a, a Who's the graphic? I'm Neil Cox. I'm the executive producer of ITV Snooker. So you're in charge, in effect. Uh, can you tell us what your duties sort of are? Uh, a multitude of duties, I suppose. I'm in charge of the whole programme, the, the look, the talent that we get on board, uh, the sort of main liaison and relationship with World Snooker as well as ITV4. Um, yeah, just, just in charge of the day-to-day -day running and also do some of the programme editing. So there's a bit of everything, really. How have you ended up in this exalted position? <laughs> um, it's interesting because all, all, all the people that work on ITV Snooker work for ITV Sport or work, work across... Mm -hmm. Sort of many of the sports. So I work on the horse racing, I worked on the football, I worked on the tennis. So all of these different sports, and I've sort of, I, don't know, I suppose, come through the ranks and got given the snooker along with other bits. So I think, you know, if people think that it's just the snooker team that work day in day out on the snooker, no, we work on a bit of everything. So our tournaments are sort of concentrated in certain months, which is where we do, you know, where we do most of our snooker work. But I've sort of come up through the ranks and taken up snooker, and I've been working on it for the last. About eight years, I suppose. Mm. There's a lot of planning, clearly, that goes into it. When do you sort of start planning for, for, the, for the events? It just goes on. I think I'm the only person really who sort of carries with it year, you know, through the year. So I'll have conversations with World of Snooker about the tournaments we're doing, where we're going to do them, locations, um, sort of where, where they fit into the calendar. So that, that really is just carrying on through the year. But the setup ahead of a tournament can be, I suppose three months in advance, you go and see the location, go and recce it and find out where you're going to shoot stuff, where the studio's going to be, and you just plan from there, and it's sort of like a, you know, some tournaments are easier than others, I think, I think when we did the British Open, we had about three weeks notice to do that, so the lead-up time was shorter, we were sort of given the format for how that was going to be, so trying to work with what we had, and how it was different to what we normally have, so we would probably like a bit more planning and a bit more time to do that, but I think... Our, our, our normal tournaments, are, you know, we'll probably be working three months in advance to get those. Mm. When Snooker came back to ITV, it was a, a Chinese event initially, sort of early in the morning. Yes. From that sort of small acorn, uh, sort of, it's really grown, hasn't it? I mean, it's become a, a, a major sport again on ITV as, as it was sort of back in the day. Yeah, I think the broad, I think the ITV Four are really appreciative of, of Snooker and what it's given to the channel and how and the audiences and the figures that have grown. I think that, I think that. From that Chinese tournament, we we did the Champion Champions, which was our showcase tournament. But I think we didn't we didn't do any other tournament for a few years, and it's sort of steadily. Um, so you know, it's grown into the the World Grand Prix, the players sort of um, into this Kazoo series, which is a, which is a really good thing. Into the Tour Championship, which everyone's talking about as being you know one of the major tournaments of the season. So it's really grown, and that's really through the enthusiasm of ITV4 for sport and and the popularity of the sport on TV. And hopefully, long may that continue. I mean, you can't sort of, sort of reinvent the wheel as such, but how conscious are you of making it look slightly different to, to the other channels in terms of what, what the viewers see? Yeah, I think that we are all con we all watch each other different channels. I think there's there'll obviously be a bit of you know you're obviously a bit competitive about it, but I think that what's interesting for snooker as a sport is that you want all the sports to grow as one, so you almost want them all to sort of 
be popular and be successful. So it's almost like you know, I've, you know, watched all the different content, but I think a lot, of, a lot of the pundits and the talent are spread across the channel. So some of it is is sort of familiar, but you try and show bit, the bits that you want and the bits that you think are good. And I think that you know, we'll just try and keep it fresh, keep you know. Keep, you know, exciting music, exciting, you know, player features, try and bring back some of the personalities to try and do some features in our shows just to try and bring that, some of those personalities out which maybe haven't been brought to the fore in recent years. So I think that's really key for us is trying to make personalities of snooker players because there's a lot of personalities on tour and I think that we want to kind of show them really. Mm. And how does sort of uh, snooker as a sport to cover differ from the other sports? Because ITV do, do a lot of other sports as well, which you're involved in. Yeah, I think, I think the main difference is sort of the concentrated amount of work in one week mm. so we'll do a football match and you know we'll do a half hour build up and we'll do half an hour at the end and we go home <laughs> and then we come here and we do 14 hours a day and we sort of squeeze in different things and we're sort of constantly on the go and I think that the interesting thing for ITV and a lot of broadcasters is is that you never know when Snooker's going to end you know mm. so that's probably the biggest challenge in Snooker and the biggest challenge with broadcasters and scheduling Snooker so it's probably more of a problem for some of the bigger broadcast and terrestrial TV mm-hmm. you know some channels are able to show however much snooker you want and they're able to film however much snooker they want but I think our biggest challenge on snooker is knowing how to schedule it you know how to get the most out of it and how to show you know we I think on ice before we if we start showing a game we're never not going to show the end of it I think that's always been our sort of promise but that's the biggest challenge mm-hmm. I think. and also people might not realize when the match finishes you have to Obviously, sort of speak to liaise with the channel. What time is our program going to end? Because they need to know what time to start the next program. Yeah, it seems. To, I mean, that's that's the hardest bit to scheduling. I mean, they've got all their schedules and they're working out. Even when we go off air, so we go off air at midnight. You still got you've still got people back in scheduling or working out the timings and the and the commercial minutes and how how the schedule is going to run because that schedule is changing all the time. We always write a running order with timings and we do it for football. It pretty much nails it to the minute when you're going to come to each different segment. Whereas on snooker, as soon as the players walk out, that's all your timings out the window, and you just see where you end up. So it's a balancing act with 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 how it works with scheduling. They want ten minutes notice when you're going to come off, and you sort of just have to find a nice junction to get there. So it's um, that's the exciting bit, and yeah. So it's, yeah, I think that the hard thing for scheduling for ITV is that you have to fit in the breaks, and you have to fit in a certain duration of. Um, uh, you know, when, you, when you can get off, you know, so that's the biggest challenge. Mm. In terms of dealing with the players, I mean, it's quite a relaxed sport, isn't it, in terms of the sort of personalities? Is, it, is that different from other sports? Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's not often, I don't think, that you, um, in other sports, in football and World Cups, you never be anywhere near the players. Mm. In fact, they pick hotels for footballers <laughs> where, you know, where the media isn't, you know, whereas, you know, I can wake up and have breakfast with John Higgins and then walk into the venue with them, you know, it's, it's so rare that that happens in any other sport. Mm. Um, and it's nice that, that there's that connection and with the players and you can talk to players in a relaxed way and they're very all very much down to us, you know, I think. So I think I think that's important and I think it's important that um, you know, as the sport grows and it becomes more popular that you still got that connection with the players, I think. Mm. And the ITV events, I mean we're at the Tour Championship as we record this. They've become prestigious, haven't they? You know, the Kazoo series is meaningful and certainly when you get to this event it's already been talked talked of as a major, it's only been going four years. Yeah, no, we're really pleased with the success of it, and I think we're pleased with we're chatting some we're chatting players who, you know, their main aim is just to get into that World Grand Prix. You know, they're just keen to get into that top 32 in the first, you know, in the one-year rankings, and that is a real aim for their season. And it's suddenly given it tying those three tournaments together has really given it a sort of a, a real profile in it. And the Tour Championship, despite only being, you know, we've only done 
two properly live that I mm-hmm. consider live, and the first one in 2019, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. was. You know, it was a classic. We had loads of classic matches. Everybody loved it. Everyone loves the longer four matches. It's changed slightly to just best of 19. I know we started with a two-table setup originally. Well, I think that suits us as well in terms of it's a final every day. And I think that I think four are happy with the figures and we're really happy with the way that the Tour Championship's grown, as I'm sure World Snooker are as well. What, finally, what, why is snooker such a sort of perfect TV sport? Is it just because, I suppose, you can show it all day and keep an audience. Do you think that's it? And, and maybe the fact that we've already seen it in the final here, you know, you get such different frames and different types of drama. But it, it is a success story, isn't it? It's actually a lot more visible than a lot of other sports on TV. Yeah, I, I actually think that the lockdown possibly helps snooker. One, you know, we cover one of the first sports that came back, which was snooker. I think that horse racing might have beaten us by 20 minutes in the race in Newcastle somewhere. It was the first sport back. But people really enjoyed watching snooker and, and sort of the calming, you know, I suppose the calming action of watching snooker sort of during that pandemic, and I think that it, it, it's growing. It's a relaxing sport, and I think that uh, what's appealing is that there is a big age demographic that like it. You know, I think that you know it's 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 something that people have really enjoyed watching since that time. But um, trying to put my finger on why it's more successful is is hard to say. Okay, well, every, everybody sort of claims the demise of mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. snooker's going to you know. It's going to disappear in five years if it doesn't do this, that, and the other. But it seems to continue with its success. Well, long may continue, Neil. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks. I'm Sally Blair, and I'm the production manager for ITV Sports Snooker. What, is, what does that entail, Sally? A lot of things, I think it's fair to say. It does. It's extremely wide encompassing from the minute you get the dates from World Snooker or from Matchroom, and uh, then you have to look at the venue. You go on a site survey, you book hotels, uh, you book crew, facilities, scaffolding, the set, lighting, catering, furniture, literally everything. Mm. The venue's an interesting one because it's not just about the playing arena, it's all the, the backstage facilities as well are important, aren't they? Absolutely, yes. And we get very different spaces each time and trying to work out what's going to work best with our OB suppliers, with cabling. Um, with people getting to and from the studio and the commentary boxes and stuff, yeah, it's all got to be factored in. Mm. And then the tournament starts and you you have to be sort of, you look after a lot of people, is it a big crew? Yeah, there? it's a crew of about 65 of us on site and um, they all need to be fed, watered, uh, hoteled and um, yeah, looked after, mm. which I try to do. What sort of things, uh, are the, what sort of things are sort of the most challenging? What sort of things can go wrong? Lots of things, I guess. We're dealing with the snooker. Well, uh, yeah, COVID, COVID hasn't been fun, mm. I have to say. That that has changed our operation a lot um, in terms of obviously trying to keep people safe and the rooms and the spacing and keeping everybody separate. And um, it's it's been quite hard. I mean, we, we work very long days and um, start very early, finish very late. And... There's a culture within television and sport, I suppose, that you go to the bar afterwards and um, that, that is very late in Stoker. And of course, during COVID, and, and, and that's not just to have a drink, it's very essential. Mm, to wind down. To, to wind down, to talk about the show, what went right, what went wrong that day and what you're planning for the next day and so on. So that... That was a really important aspect, and that was very difficult during COVID because you didn't have that. You'd come off air and go straight to bed, and then um, you know it was, it, it, it's been difficult through COVID, but and, and very heavy admin wise, and um, 
But that's nearly over, fingers crossed. And how does snooker sort of compare to, to other sports to work on? The days are longer, I guess, maybe, than, than some of those? The days are. I mean, I've, I've worked in Formula One and the NBA, Major League Baseball, um, tennis, all sorts. Um, yeah, sport is just long days, full stop, you know, mm. uh, apart from football, actually. Football's mm. <laughs> relatively <laughs> easy compared to this. But what, what's really lovely about snooker is being on site for seven full days of action on the tournaments that ITV cover. Um, and so once everyone's got their accreditation and they know where they're going and they know where they're working from, um, it settles into a routine. And we have a really great technical team and uh, who look after us very well and they've sort of, they all know their job very well and, um, yeah, it's, it, they, they make it a joy to do rather than some of the sports where you're just covering, you're, you're getting in there, you're getting set up, you get the whole thing cabled and then three hours later the sport is over and you're ripping it all apart and that feels quite hard. It's, it's sustainability has also been quite a factor throughout COVID because you want to be green, you want people to catch trains, you want people to car share and obviously during COVID we couldn't do that. Um, but thankfully we're coming back to that now. Excellent. I'm probably keeping you from something, Sally, so thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Good morning, my name is Duncan Richmond and I am a television cameraman and have been so for many, many years. Yeah, now of course you didn't start in snooker, Duncan. Uh, tell us your background. My background is uh, left school, went on the building site, trained as an optician, got a job in medical television, got a job at London Weekend as a trainee, did sitcoms, dramas, LE, uh, sport, you name it, we did it, including the odd royal wedding. Um, offered a job at TVS, moved down there, continued doing drama, sport, moved on and did news as well. Uh, then in 1992, they said, thanks for coming, you're all sacked. Sorry, freelance, because <laughs> we lost the franchise. And I've been freelance since 1992. Do you remember your first snooker? My first snooker? Yes, I do. Um, I was doing Euro 96, and I met a guy called Chaz Lewis. We got on, I don't know why. And Chaz said, do you fancy doing some snooker? So I think the first snooker after that was probably uh, the British, or the UK wherever it was at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, that would have been my first snooker. So tell us about your day. Uh, when does it start? What, what sort of preparation do you do? Well, this is an ITV snooker, so it's slightly different. Um, we're on air quarter to one. We tend to come in at half past 11. We do our, what we call fax check, facilities check. We make sure we have cues. We make sure we have our, our lights come on and off. We make sure we can hear the director. The director can hear us and everything works. We call it doing the housework. Mm -hmm. Um, then we do any rehearsals as required in the studios. Uh, then we go on air at quarter to one and we then cover the match from one o'clock. Mm. That takes as long as the match takes. Uh, in this case, it'll be eight frames. We then have a break till the evening session and repeat. Mm. And what, so you're obviously very, very much in the thick of the action. You're very close to the table. You're close to the players. Mm. Um, did, did it, how long did it sort of take to learn Obviously, you know, when to move, when not to move, the sort of etiquette around the table, as it were. You learn very quickly, mm. but it's also terrifying. And you realise it, it takes a while to learn how much time you have to find the shots, to read the shots, to find a shot quicker than Ronnie O'Sullivan uh, is quite an art. <laughs> we're all quite good at it now. Um, but when you stand next to players and players are comfortable with you, you know you're doing okay. Mm. Um, Jimmy White once lifted up a headset and blew in my ear. 
<laughs> in the middle of a match, uh, which was quite funny, and the audience thought so too. But it, it, there is no sport where we work closer. Mm. Mm. And your, you say cans, so what are you hearing in your cans? In the headphones um, we have the, uh, the director and in the background of that we can hear the producer and the production assistant and the vision mixer if there is one and we can also hear the commentators. We listen to the commentators, if they mention something we try and provide the pictures they're talking about. Uh, if we see something we try and illustrate that, the director will cut it up. Uh, in the old days Willie Thorne used to say, uh, on Duncan's camera we could probably see, and the director would cut to it, usually with a small oath under the breath. <laughs> and how does, how does snooker sort of compare to, to, to other sports? And obviously it's, uh, it's quite a sort of quiet environment. It's not like you're doing a football or a rugby match where there's row going on. It's quite, well, it's intimidating I think for the players. What's it like to sort of be out there? I guess you, a bit like the referees, you have to sort of be invisible in a way, don't you? We... We are invisible. I once asked John Higgins if he'd noticed it was me on camera, and he said, I, I never see who's on camera, uh, because that's, that's how good my colleagues are. We've had a lot of practice, and we try to be invisible, unlike a story I heard from one of our foreign colleagues who pushed his camera, the camera went through the shot, and he was wearing a high-vis vest, <laughs> then started doing star jumps. <laughs> Not advisable. Not no, advisable. No, 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 it wouldn't happen in this country. <laughs> and is it possible to enjoy the match, or is it, are you just sort of focused on what you're doing? I often say to people, rugby, football, snooker, we probably watch the game more intensely than anyone else, because most people watch a bit of the game, have a chat, have a, have a drink, have an eat, have a little, much, a little more watch, and the... the, the Focus is not completely on it, whereas we have to be absolutely focused. I always notice when I'm completely focused, the breathing drops down to very few breaths a minute, and you're completely within the situation. And it, it's a lovely feeling. It's almost zen. Mm. <laughs> and finally, Duncan, people can find out more about you because you have, a, you have a book. I do indeed. Duncan Through the Looking Glass, published by Fida Reed. Available from all good, good outlets? It's available from Feed and Read. Okay, fine. <laughs> they don't print the book until you order it. Okay. No waste. Well, uh, people should check that out. Thank you very much, Duncan. A pleasure. Cheers. I'm Lewis Hurt. I direct uh, the snooker coverage on ITV. So, what does that mean? You are responsible for everything we see on screen. Yes, not everything. So what happens is I work with a, a producer who creates a running order or a script and then they uh, give it to the, the crew. I take that script and, and bring it to life. So we have the top of the show with our presenter and guests in the studio and we run in bits of form analysis and VTs, which is montages and music pieces to build up to the game. So during that, I'm... Uh, directing graphics and sound and different camera shots. And then when we eventually have done the build-up, we get to the game and we do the walk-ons. And so I'm directing the cameras and for the walk-ons. And then we get to the main event, which is obviously the game. And as soon as it breaks off, uh, I then... Uh, so I, I, I've got a vision mixer in for the first part of the studio chat who will press the buttons, I will call what we're doing out loud and and the vision mixer will actually press the buttons but the vision mixer will then move out the way and I will move over to the buttons. So I've got a, a, a vision desk in front of me with all the uh, cameras and 
each camera is allocated a button and I will then follow the action and cut to which camera accordingly. So you're looking at basically a sea of screens. Correct. Yeah. So, and so, I mean, obviously you're very experienced at doing it, but a lot of people would find that very forbidding because you've got to decide what is the best shot at any time to, 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 for the viewers to see. It, exactly. Um, and it obviously varies from sport to sport. Um, but on snooker, for example, um, we have various different cameras around the table, all, all fixed on, on the game. And it, sometimes it's very obvious because you've got your master shot, obviously, which is camera one, which is the, the wide shot with the graphic underneath it that, that you see mostly throughout a, a frame. And then you've got lots of different angles um, from cameras that are either on the floor <clears throat> or up high or even in the pockets. And then so you decide which one will show the best angle for the action you're about to see. Mm. Yeah, and obviously you're also you're listening to the commentators and you're talking to the, the camera people. You are sort of the voice of God, aren't you, while the match is on. You're, you're there, you've got to be across everything. Yeah, so obviously... You'll work as a team, so the commentators, for example, might see something and, and as you know, David, you could, you'll be like, oh, that red might go to middle and the cameras and myself are all listening to you, a, a cameraman, our, our camera crew, uh, or a camera operator, I should say, because we've got some um, very good camera women as well, we might see, see a red that actually goes to middle and they might move into the shot that I would then see and then cut to so you would react to us so we're constantly in a, a triad really of reacting to each other and and, and communicating what we see to, to the audience How does snooker compare to, because you work across ITV Sport, how does it compare to other sports? So in terms of sort of camera numbers um, so we have ten cameras fixed on the game itself, we have other cameras for our coverage um, the studio etc but in terms of the game, we have 10, but that's because it's one fixed point. So on horse racing, for example, you'd have a f more than that because they're running around a, a track, so you've got to cover all bases. Football, you've got a much wider pitch to cover different angles, so, so they have much more. Like on a football game, for example, you'd have potentially on average about 25 cameras, dependent on the size of the game. An FA Cup final would have, obviously, much more, and a non-league game in football would have much less. Racing, likewise, the Grand National, for example, um, which takes place uh, this month, uh, has over 50 cameras. So it's a, mm. it's it's a huge occasion. Um, but again, because you're that's you, you've got people dotted all over the race course. This is much more focused on one side of the action, and and so yeah, it's it's uh, it's still it's st there's still variety, and you've got to you've got to choose the right camera for the right shot um, you also have to keep the energy up don't you because it, it's slower moving than a lot of sports you do yes I think I think it's one of it's one of those sports that people might think oh, it's slow it, oh that must be easier to direct mm. and I would say to them it, it's potentially easier to get wrong <laughs> you know mm. because you, you have to follow the action and you have to know exactly what ball they're going to go for or or where they're going to play the shot you know there's no good the, the, it's no good cut into a tight shot if you're not going to see exactly where the cue ball's going to go mm. and the position they're playing for 
Um, so yeah, you have to just communicate that all the time, and you and we have graphics that pop up. So, for example, you see uh, the difference when it's interesting to the audience to see what the difference is. Uh, break with balls if they want to see how the break's been made. Pot success, safety success. So all these things. I, I've I've got a fruit machine the same as. Mm you in the commentary box so we're constantly sometimes commentators will call it sometimes I'll call it will say let's show the audience the pop success so they pop up um, from the bottom of your screen as well mm. and how do, a lot of people listening you know would be interested how do you actually get into how do you become a director <laughs> it's a very good question David there's, there's so many different ways of becoming a director but my route was sort of I, I joined uh, ITV Sport 15 years ago started as the, as the runner um, so you, that all that means for people that don't know television is you, you you do everything for everyone and you, you learn all sorts of different roles and you be as helpful as you can and then you slowly do other roles and you um, like on Snooker for example I there was a, a, a brilliant director called John Watts who used to direct the Snooker who a lot of people would know um, fa fabulous, done lots of world finals. I used to uh, do his replays for him when I first started doing snooker. And then slowly but surely, you get the opportunity to to go into the, the main chair and the main truck and look at the screens yourself and, and, and direct the action. So, so yeah, many different ways, but that was kind of my route, certainly in the snooker world. And finally, it's a, it's a bit of a running joke on the on the on the, our coverage. You are desperate to do a one four seven, and we've had a few on ITV, and various things have happened, and you haven't been you haven't been in the chair. So it's coming, though, I think. I hope so. <laughs> so we've had a couple of good examples whereby we have on a on a on a week like the Tour Championship, we'll have two directors. One of one of us will direct the afternoon session. One of us will direct the evening session. Um, and on the last uh, one of the last tournaments. Uh, or the British Open, I think it was last year. Um, I was supposed to be doing the afternoon session, and we decided to to switch um, for various reasons. And obviously, John Higgins uh, got got a one four seven in the in the first frame. So uh, I'd love to. It's, David, it's one of my ambitions. It's one of my goals. I've always wanted to direct a one four seven since I started in the industry. Um, it's just one of those things that maybe it will come, maybe it won't, but uh, hopefully one day. It will come. I reckon it will be worth waiting for. And by the time this goes out, it might have happened it already. Have happened. <laughs> Cheers, Lewis. Cheers, David. Thanks. Martin Reardon, BT coordinator slash BT editor. So what does that mean, Martin? It means I'm in charge of all the VTs that go out in the programme, uh, liaising with the director and the editor of the show to make sure all the VTs are ready in time, have ideas, it's generally the part of the creative team. So it's all the, basically, the sort of music montages we see. Correct, yeah. And, you know, people, I think we've sort of taken those for granted watching sport on TV. Tell us how long that takes to put together. Um, it can take hours or days, depending on how complex the idea is, but generally, uh, probably a good 30-second montage can take 90 minutes or so in a rush, or a good six, seven, eight hours, depending on how, how finished you want it, really. So we're talking hours of work for maybe less than a minute on screen. Completely, yeah. 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 When, when I grew up, it was, a, it was a, a DJ on Radio 1, Mark Goodyear, and they called him the man who had the most music. But that's you now, isn't it? You've got an incredible <laughs> soundtrack. Tell um, us about the music choices. It's all for my, my dad. He's, I grew up on rock and roll, Meatloaf Queen, to Oasis, to my brother Metallica and Sepultura. I just get lost in Spotify, one cooking dinners at night, and bank it, bank it up over the year. 
And yeah, the place is now about 700 songs strong. Wow. I think of what he's most in by now, but there's yeah. a few repetitions here and there. Yeah, eclectic mix. <laughs> I like to keep it fresh. Sometimes it's little mix, sometimes it's a classic. Got to keep people guessing. And you work closely with your cousin Kieran, who's our, our, our main ENG cameraman. That is correct. Yeah, Kieran is is the um, the man who makes the dreams come true. He's a hell of a cameraman, and he's also a good guy, which is great to work with. And without, without him, there wouldn't be any of the magic you see on telly. Just finally, just quash any rumours. You're not related to Ray, really. <laughs> Sadly, it's not Uncle Ray. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be here. Brilliant. Cheers, Martin. Cheers, David. So there we are. Thank you so much to all the guys from the ITV Sport Production team. Hopefully that's given you an idea about, or more of an idea about how TV snooker works. Of course, there's plenty to look forward to uh, at the World Championship. And uh, we won't have to wait long either for episode 201 of this podcast, because I'm going to be back on Thursday after the first round draw, just giving a few thoughts about who's playing who at the Crucible. We'll also catch up on the emails. Uh, they're not being ignored. Uh, we'll uh, go through those as well on Thursday. So uh, suddenly there's two podcasts a week. What a t- as I said at the start, what a time to be alive. Uh, this is, of course... Uh, well, it's a, it's a great time for snooker fans of the World Championship upon us once again. And uh, I'll be back later in the week when we find out who has drawn who at the Crucible. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.